Welcome back to Court of Femme, where her story is the story. It's been some time, and I thought I would just offer a short reflection of this time away from Court of Femme, from closing the hive, which was a project in our local area that my daughter and I had embarked on, which led to the space to be able to produce Cordifem. I just wanted to say first, thank you. Thank you to everyone who eagerly supported this project, who eagerly desired to learn something about themselves, who ambitiously pushed for their own sustainability, who envisioned themselves utilizing this space and had the courage to talk about it and share it with me. I don't take that lightly. It's a great honor to be ear to somebody's visions for themselves with their craft, with their trade, um, with their skills, and give them even the space to just talk about it freely and wildly. I had so many tours and walkthroughs with women who, when we would enter the back workspace of the hive, if you weren't familiar, we had a front end that was more of a cafe style co-working. And then the back area was designed for workshops, classes, events, and walking women through the back space, which Tiana and I, if you don't no, we used to, um, we started our very first podcast of Court FM in the workshop area with the garage door while it was still under construction. And we just set up a folding table and had our mics out and just went for it. We knew nothing about recording, about um, technology needed to record and to produce. We just said, let's just get started and see where it goes. And that's what we've done this whole time. So walking women to the backspace of the hive you would see their eyes go up and look around, admiring the gold air ducts in the ceiling on the peach background of the walls. It was truly unique and interesting. I was delighted to watch the response of women walk into that back space and you could see their ideas forming. You could see it visibly, tangibly, It was palpable that women were seeing possibility. The obstacles to making these possibilities a reality are so huge. And I know this because here we are. (laughs) It was just a beautiful thing to behold. And I know that showing up in this town specifically, in this region, was a big deal. It was a pushback. To patriarchy. It was a pushback to capitalism. It was a pushback to misogyny. I don't see closing the hive as a failure at all. It was an idea that birthed something in me. I, for one, am continuously renewed and recharged in the work that I'm doing today by everything that was done in 2019 to start this project, including the people who came aboard because they believed in the project and the people who stepped off because it didn't serve them and then ways that it needed to serve them. And that's fine. That's their journey. But I also learned a lot about myself and that's all we can do sometimes when things are out of our control or beyond our capabilities and resources for fixing and changing. What we can do is take it 
and look at it and look at the feelings that arise and say, why am I feeling this? What is this feeling? What is it teaching me about myself and how I respond to the world and how I respond to pain? So I want to say thank you for allowing me the space in this to exercise my communication arts, my art, which is placemaking. It's expanding space. It's passing the mic. It's creating opportunity for people who are often not invited to participate in dialogues and conversations. And if anything, I just hope it spurred something in the women who did come through the doors. Possibility, opportunity, finding their own path, what it means to them to be heard, to be recognized, to know that this space was designed and created for women. I know that it did anger and frustrate a lot of people in this area. I will be honest in saying that we received a lot of messages that were cruel and derogatory and borderline threatening. We became the center of gossip for civic groups, social groups, religious groups. We even had a plumber. <laughs> come in to service a pipe and asked what my agenda was. Confused by that question, I said, I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean by that. This is a workspace for women. Women can come and go as they please and just do their work. Whatever capacity that is, this is a space for that. And I kid you not, his response was, well, that's not what I heard. <laughs> I heard this was a front for the LGBTQ for Black Lives Matter and for feminists. And I'm like, a front? What does that mean? Do you mean like a bunker? Like a clubhouse of some kind? And he just kind of laughed to himself and walked away. And that told me a lot about the culture of this area. Made a lot of sense. There's a lot of this that I will honestly say that that I took it personal. And so these dialogues with people helped to release some of that and remind me where I am, where I live, what part of the nation this is, and who's here. We did have a promenade of large, loud trucks that would circle the building regularly, some of which donned flags, of which you can imagine. <laughs> Um, and others just revved, just revved their engines at the stop sign right there when there were no cars. He didn't have to linger as long as he did, but he did. And that truck became a regular in a promenade of trucks that would circle the building on a regular basis. We had things drawn on our windows, penises <laughs> mainly, <laughs> of which that was a young woman who got out of a truck and did that. So I, I don't know. I'm not trying to understand anymore. I'm accepting what it was and who was there to bring it up and who was there to tear it down. You know, it was also during a pandemic and so many people lost 
They lost love, lo- loved ones. They lost, lost careers. They lost finances. They lost jobs. Like it was, there's a lot that happened during these year, last two years. And I don't see myself as exceptional. It's just another thing that didn't withstand the culture, the times, the things going on. So what I did learn though, was very similar to when we lived in the hospital, when Delia was battling cancer at 10 years old and our family had to live in a hospital for seven months and I had quit my job and I could give a laundry list. And this is kind of the story itself is that my laundry list of what I lost of what I lost because of cancer. I lost my career. I lost my home. We end up doing a short sale because two income family down to one income. Um, it doesn't work. You can't sustain life the way that you had before. We lost one of our vehicles. We lost a lot of friendships. Um, we lost connection with family members. And I remember that day of deciding that I didn't lose any of these things. I let them go. And that's the moment that my power was returned to me. The reframing of language allows for power. And everything that I could say that cancer had robbed me of or stolen from me were things that we willingly and even unwillingly let go. Because when you are fighting for something, you're holding on to it. And at some point, if you can't hold on any longer, You have to look at what's in your other hand and say, what do I need to let go of so that I can bring both hands to this thing that I'm fighting for? And that was the reality of that season of our life. We had to bring all of our hands together and hold on to life, cling to hope, because that's all we could do. As parents, there is nothing you can do except cling to hope and stay hopeful. So I'm taking that same thinking. I can look at the hive and everything that I lost, my savings, (laughs) self-respect, dignity, faith in a community, friendships, relationships. There was a lot that I lost there, but at some point I decided I was letting go. I was letting go of this thing that I could no longer sustain. And it had been made clear to me that it could not sustain itself. I took some time to think and to process and mainly to grieve. Two years of planning and preparing, talking with civic groups church groups, social groups, community-minded groups, two years of soliciting the idea, romanticizing the opportunity, two years of 
writing newsletters, um, making podcasts, hosting events, highlighting and celebrating people around us because we weren't even open yet. I gave a lot of myself away. And I think that is something that women do. I was a single mom in my 20s. So my life became about my child. Even in my career, I immediately, once I started building a really great clientele, I started teaching and giving back immediately. Coming into a community, looking for gaps, looking for needs, and wanting to give of myself and my talents. So what I have learned through all of this of the giving of yourself away is that environment matters, place matters, people matter. If you haven't read the book, he's just not that into you. It's written for women. Why? Because we do this. We give ourselves away before any inkling of value is established. We're so eager to give our services. We are eager to give our bodies. We're eager to give our ideas to environments, places, and people. This pause has given me a lot of time. I'm also midlife. And midlife, this is the reckoning. I feel like it's this crossroads where you're like looking back and saying, am I going to keep going and doing these things and believing these ideas and operating in this way? What have I learned from all of that? Where has it led me? What has it taught me? What has it produced in my life? Or do I need to look at everything, lay everything out on the table and kind of pick around and say, what's this shit? Where did this come from? Maybe look at some pain and say, how did this happen? Did I let it? Was I unconscious about it? From this point forward in my life, I am making more well-informed decisions. I'm making more well-informed friendships. And I am making more well-informed community connections. I feel very renewed. And it's been over eight months since I've been able to say that. And I'm very thankful. I'm thankful that I've come to a place that I've been before, but I didn't realize I had strayed from. I've never been so cherished and challenged in loving ways and accepted for the depths of my complexity. Where you find a place that celebrates diversity, you will find a place that is safe to continue developing as a human being. Exclusion, racism, patriarchal systems, inferiority, white supremacy. The world has moved beyond that. And the only way that those things can sustain themselves is if, if you stop developing, if you stop learning and growing and understanding humanity and learning the history of where we've been, where we were, but where we are now and where we want to go. I'm excited for Court FM. I recently spoke with Tiana, who was my co-host. She's made a lot of shifts and changes in her life. 
And I'm so happy for her. I'm so excited that she has taken her time at the hive and with Court FM to acknowledge some things within her and move in the direction that's right for her. And I am so thrilled. What I see for Court FM now is multifaceted. This last semester before graduating, I took an InDesign, Adobe InDesign class, and we had to end the semester with a 16-page publication. So I decided to do something based on Court FM, and I called it Court FM, the heart of feminism. Throughout this semester, there was a young gal in my class, early 20s, who just messaged me once and said, I'm really interested in reading your publication because I've grown up in this area, in this region, and I've never heard anything about feminism. And what I did hear was bad. So I'm very curious. That really made me perk up because I think sometimes when we move around the states and you can identify different cultures, you're able to see clearly how progress in some areas does not trickle down to progress in other areas. And so concepts and ideas that are well formed and developed over here are still new language over there. And it's easy for the overhears to say, ah, look how silly the over there's are. And I'm very guilty of this. So printing this publication, I realized that we have to get down to the basics of feminism, what it is, what it means to be a feminist and how <laughs> unlike extremism, it's not a center of your life charging for it. No one's wearing a costume wearing a hood, making a pledge of allegiance to it, singing songs. I, I don't know. It's, it's a simple belief that women and the femme is wholly unto themselves intelligent and creative beings, apart from another, that humans are wholly complete and wonderfully complex. That's literally the simplest form. Of feminism. And you can say, well, this wave of feminism did this and this history did that. Okay, well, we've lived and learned over the years. It never stopped. It's still growing and developing and it will continue to. That's where we have to get back to the beginning and we have to pick apart these ideologies that we were born into, that we perhaps unconsciously adopted, and look at them and decide for ourselves whom this day we will serve. What ideology are we serving? Whose belief are we serving? Is this a hand-me-down dress that we've put on? Or is it something that we willfully and intelligently chose for ourselves? Our learned behaviors have led us into a lot of our own downfall. But only until we start looking at it, the situations, the language, the behaviors, the laws, the legislation, yes, the politics, we can start to see a structure that was never meant to hold us up. And only until we come to our own understanding of that 
Can we look at our own life and say, what can I change within me to adopt a new perspective that I am wholly intelligent, wholly creative, and wholly designed to do good work, to create life in many different capacities. And so thus begins the next season of Court FM. I'm really excited about what we'll be doing in this season. It's going to continue supporting the advancement of women in all capacities, spiritual, emotional, physical, relational, intellectual. The advancement of women is the heart of feminism. Coming up, I have an interview from last summer, and it has sat (laughs) for a year until I was ready to pick it back up again. I interviewed Jackie McCormick and her project, which is the Northwest Femicide Project. She brings awareness to how the media discusses femicide, which is murder of women. So I spoke with Jackie last summer about her project. A lot has happened since then. I also started hosting conversations with my husband, Michael. Michael is a man who is very secure in his masculinity. He's also very secure in recognizing his femininity, his nurturing nature. We have had dialogue every morning for 16 years. Our morning conversations are deep and profound. Sometimes we are chewing on the contents of a book. Um, Sometimes we're reading a meditation. Sometimes we're discussing our dreams. But whatever it is, our morning conversations inspire me. They inspire him. Like wherever we are, when we wake up, it's time to discuss. It's time to talk about life and business and each other. And it's fantastic. But I think it's important to hear how masculine men communicate and the conflicts that we have had that we work through. So I'm trying to figure out some kind of a fun, quirky name for that. Um, Mornings with Michael, uh, mornings with masculinity or masculinity in the morning. Ooh, I kind of like that one. Okay. That'll go on the list. So mornings with Michael coming up, um, Jackie McCormick with the Northwest Femicide Project and literacy and understanding key concepts of basic feminism 101, a place to start, a place to get curious and to inquire. And I really encourage women to, if you're in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex, please have these conversations. Do yourself a favor while you're dating, (laughs) have these dialogues because these are absolutely foundational to the equality in the home and domestic labor and all of these things that women, again, give ourselves to. Court FM will continue to serve and support the paying attention of language and culture and people and places that serve to support the advancement and the empowerment and the individuation of women in a patriarchal nation. Some things we can change, some things we cannot. Either way, it has to always start from the inside and travel outside. 
So this is where we do the work. Thanks for listening. I look forward to this continued dialogue on these topics, discussing, inquiring, getting your feedback, hearing from you. What do you need to hear about next? What do you want more people to know about? What can we elevate and share on this show in these ways, in this communication arts platform? What other work can we do? And let's just keep talking about it and let's see where that goes. Have a great day.